Hey there, uh, we're here for another episode of the Psych Podcast. Uh, it's me, Dr. Dawson. Uh, today, my guest is Emily Presley, who's in her third year at the Clinical Mental Health Counseling Program mm-hmm. here at North Georgia. <laughs> I always confuse after the name changes. Um, so, Emily, uh, I kind of wanted to talk to you today about just your, your life, your experience in graduate school. You went to school here as an undergrad, right? I did. Okay. Um, and kind of during that time as an undergrad, did you, when you first came in, did you know that you wanted to eventually one day get your LPC or counsel? Um, no, when I first came in, I did have a plan and my goal was I wanted to be a school counselor. Okay. Um, and that quickly changed. Oh, well, any reason why? Uh, yes. Um, first I was told, um, to shoot for the moon and not land in the trees. Okay. (laughs) Um, and I didn't really know what that quite meant. Um, but as I learned more about the different fields um, and the different opportunities that I could have, I learned that maybe school counseling wasn't something I necessarily wanted to do because I really mm-hmm. wanted to do high school counseling. And mm-hmm. I found out there's a lot of, you know, career counseling and um, test administrating and like just um, like tedious tasks mm-hmm. and not so much spending time with the individual. So not, not so much the actual counseling right. portion of it. Okay. Right, and I wasn't really aware of that. Um, so the more I learned, the more I kind of deterred away from that and closer to counseling. Okay, is there any like class in particular in which you kind of learned that, or is that just talking to different faculty members or other students and just learning on your own? Yeah, I think um, a mixture between Psych 1101, where you learn the different schools and mm-hmm. the history and the background, a mixture of that um, with talking with faculty. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when you decided that you wanted to go into counseling, counseling versus school counseling, mm-hmm. uh, what did you start doing to sort of prepare yourself down that path? Well, the first thing that really got me started was a requirement. Um, I minored in sociology. So I took, um, I want to say it was intro to psychology. And one of our class requirements was service learning. Um, I, it made me nervous, had no freaking clue what I was going to do. Um, but I ended up contacting the executive director at the Gateway Domestic Violence Shelter in Gainesville. Okay. Um, and said, you know, hey, this is what I'm doing for class. Can I help? Um, she had us come into the shelter and paint the children's rooms. Um, while we were there, she told us about more volunteer opportunities available. And I really got into that hardcore. I did that twice a week for two years. Okay. Working with the children. Oh, so you like really started building and establishing that connection. That was like mm-hmm. your freshman or sophomore year? Or? I want to say sophomore year. Sophomore? Mm-hmm. And everything just built from that. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. So um, I guess the, the next kind of question then is, is, did you start to intern there? Did you turn that into something that you could get? Because for course credit, we do offer mm-hmm. an internship. Well, what happened was I I interned, I mean, I volunteered there for two years, and um, we had a training one day, Um, and in the training, a local LCSW came to the training. Um, He had his own private practice and worked with the um, perpetrator side of domestic violence, Mm -hmm. and he came to give us a different perspective because we were working with the victims. Um, so he came in, I found out he had his own practice, and I was like, well, this is just an opportunity smacking me in the face. Let me take it. Um, he gave us his information. I contacted him, and um, he offered me a position there. Huh. Um, so through that, I you know, talked with Dr. Kate about an internship um, 
and somehow, I don't know how this happened, I kind of ended up doubling up. So I was working there, which I had an opportunity to sit nice. in on um, alcohol and drug groups, anger management groups, and family violence intervention groups, as well as do case management work. Um, I did all of that, and then I got my hand into another hat by um, doing another internship at the Lumpkin County Sheriff's Office um, with Bridget Barker through Victims Advocacy. So that's like, those are, those can be some really tough, uh, I guess, like groups to kind of listen to and to to be a part of. Was Mm -hmm. there ever a point in time, like even for a second, where maybe your mind kind of wavered a little bit or your resolve just like, is this, did you doubt? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was really, really physically nervous about going into the family violence intervention groups. Um, I kind of had this picture in my head about these huge brooding men <laughs> that were going to hate me because I was a young female. Right. Um, and that was incorrect. And I learned that quickly. Um <clears throat> but even after I stayed there for months and months, I still had trouble with it and questioned myself a lot um, because there were moments where I felt that I was young and inexperienced and um, could I handle what was happening? Could I handle someone getting in my face and yelling at me because I had to drug test them or right. because I had to contact their probation officer because they didn't do what they were required to do? Could I could I handle that heat from someone else? Right. Um, <clears throat> could you? I did. Yeah. Um, and... It gave me great experience. Um, I cried. Yeah. <laughs> I dealt with it, but um, I would never take that experience back. I think that's one of the things that, that people don't necessarily talk about as much is like what that personal weight is sometimes to take on from other individuals, especially in, in the counseling field and mm-hmm. sort of how do you deal with that and kind of mitigate that. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, over time, you've kind of learned what are some of like the, I guess, the coping mechanisms mm-hmm. or strategies that you've sort of developed for yourself. Well, it's really important for me to have social support. Mm -hmm. So I have my husband, and I talk with him about absolutely everything. Um, I have my mom. She doesn't get necessarily everything, but I have my best friend. Um, And so those three people help me in that aspect. Beyond that, I exercise to help get rid of stress or maybe just to spend time processing and I like to listen to really loud music. (laughs) And so, like, that, that doesn't violate any sort of, like, patient confidentiality things. Um, well, I don't give that kind of right. information. You just kind of talk about your experiences of it, right? Mm-hmm. Just how you feel. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just, I just want to clarify yeah, for yeah. anybody else who's listening, <laughs> I'm not sitting here blabbing about all sorts of information. Right. Um, <clears throat> so as you kind of move through your, your undergraduate career, what made you decide to go to school back at your, your alma mater, as it were? Um, well, honestly, I loved my undergrad experience here. Um, I had great experience with professors. I had research experience mainly with Dr. Hatch, um, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed that. Um, I just, I don't know what else to say besides I love my professors. Now, granted, I knew that coming here to get my degree, I would not have those same professors. Right. Um, but I went ahead and assumed that if I had such a great undergrad experience, I would probably have a great graduate experience. Um, and I applied to other schools. I got accepted to another school and chose not to go there mm-hmm. um, and chose to come here. Um, so, yeah, so, I liked the environment. So is the environment like that 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 mitigating factor that made you choose one school versus the other? Is it just being closer to family? Is it the area itself? Um, it was kind of a mixture. Um, monetarily, it was a better choice to come here. Right. Um, Something to think about. Yeah, sure. Because um, the other school that I was accepted to was Bernal, right? Okay, yeah, um, private and college. R- private college, really expensive. And I found out that um, through their pr- 
program that you're not prepared to sit for the national. Okay, so um, I found out that you're not, the program doesn't prepare you to sit for the national counseling exam, which you have to take in order to be licensed, to continue on to be licensed. Um, so that was also a huge deterring factor. Um, but my family and close friends were also a reason I wanted to stay in the area. Right. So, so licensure is a, is a pretty important thing. Can you speak a little bit about that? Like, so beyond just these years of schooling, what else do you need in order to get, you're going to get your LPC, mm -hmm. right? So your LPC stands for? Uh, licensed professional counselor. Right. So you will be a licensed professional counselor. Mm -hmm. And so what else do you need in order to necessarily hold that title? Well, um, you have to go to, you know, an accredited program, mm -hmm. right? So we're KCREP accredited. Right. Um, in the program, you have to meet, you know, certain academic standards as well as gain so many hours of an internship. Um, so once you graduate, you take the national counseling exam, and, and when, if you pass, hopefully you pass, <laughs> you have to gain so many hours as an LAPC, a licensed associate profess professional counselor. Um, and I, I don't really know the number off the top of my head. I think it's a couple years of hours, mm -hmm. or like two or three years. Um, and once you complete those supervised hours, then you then become a licensed professional counselor. Then you become. So when looking for the graduate programs, it is really important. So even though, say, for instance, in your opinion, that Bernal is, they're accredited? They're accredited, but, but by they weren't necessarily. They had a different accrediting body. They are not okay. KCREP accredited. Right. So they weren't necessarily preparing you for this particular test to get right. the, the, the certification that you wanted to be. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so... In undergrad, would you say, is there something that you did or that you tried to do, besides, I guess, your vast experience in, in interning that really set you apart? Um, well, I did research. Hmm. Um, my internship, research, um, I guess those are probably the two big things. Because um, I, I didn't only do research that is required of you through the research methods class. Okay. Um, I did research beyond that. Okay. Um, and I went to GURP and presented twice. Right. Um, so I think that was a big factor as well because I, you know, in the interview, we did group interviews and a lot of my peers didn't have the same experiences that I had, which I was kind of surprised about, which also adds to the fact that you get really good education here and, you know, the professors really set you up well. Right. So GURP being the Georgia Undergraduate Research and Psychology right. Conference. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so let's talk a little bit, I guess, about uh, your application process to graduate school. We, we said you, you got accepted here. Mm -hmm. What was that, that process like? You briefly mentioned an interview setting. I'm sorry, what now? You briefly mentioned that you oh, had yes. to go through an interview, a group interview. Uh -huh, yeah, um, so you fill out this huge application, right? It's really nerve-wracking. There are deadlines. You give a personal statement about why you want to be a counselor, yada, yada. Um, once that is done, you may or may not get a call back for a group interview. Um, and I think some schools do group interviews and individual interviews, but we just do group interviews here. Mm -hmm. um, so basically, we walked into a huge room with... 25 or 30 other people that you're basically competing with for a spot in this program. Um, some of them you know, some you don't. Everybody's different and diverse. And um, we broke up into two groups. Um, two different professors were there. So one professor took one group and one professor took the other group. And um, we basically were posed questions and went around in our group and answered the question, which is also challenging because you have to make sure that your answer is more unique and stands out than the 10 people that just went before you. So, <laughs> so you felt the pressure to, oh, to yeah. try to be unique, not just necessarily yourself? Hmm? Yourself, though, but mm -hmm. try to be yourself. Yeah, try to be myself, um, which is important, but 
make sure that I was remembered. Right. Yeah. So you went through the, the group interview setting, and then once you started the program, what would you say, like, I guess the toughest thing about being in graduate school? So I've talked with a couple of people so far, um, but they're more in experimental-type programs, and they're constantly in the lab. Your lab is just a different place, right? Mm-hmm. Your lab is in your hours, getting those hours. Mm-hmm. So what is, like, the toughest thing, I guess, in graduate school for you? I think the toughest thing, and, you know, of course, all the reading and stuff, that's tough, but yeah. to be expected – Beyond that, um, turning inward, I think, um, uncovering things you may have or may have not dealt with. Mm. What does that mean for you? How are you going to have a client sit right in front of you that reminds you of those tough times in your life and keep it together right. um, and not put your, your own personal stuff off on someone else? Um, turning inward was probably draining, time-consuming, and just tough all around turning inward Mm -hmm. so how many at this point in time you're also working in as an internship correct Mm -hmm. um so how many hours a week would you say that you're having to balance between schoolwork or are you mostly done at this point you're done with your schoolwork Mm -hmm. um how much time do you spend towards your internship um well for my summer portion Mm -hmm. um which is practicum the hours were more limited but right now that i'm actually in internship I'm required to have 120 direct hours, which is face-to-face with a client, talking with a client or consultation or something like that um, for the whole entire semester, so from August to December. Um, I have to have a certain amount of indirect hours, paperwork, supervision, stuff like that, Um, and I'm not quite sure what that number is right now, Mm -hmm. but I want to say it's around like 150 or something like that hours. Um, I should be getting about seven hours of in, of direct um, hours a week, so with a client. Um, right now, it's kind of slow because I do work at a private practice, mm-hmm. um, but hopefully it'll pick back up when school really gets into session and stuff like that. Okay, so mm-hmm. it's kind of variable from mm-hmm. week to week. So that's something else that you have to kind of consider mm-hmm. in planning out your, your time in your life. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the reading. Right. So mm-hmm. sometimes I have students that come and talk to me and they say, oh, I don't really want to go into to get like my Ph.D. because I hear that there's just tons and tons of reading. But even if you're going to get like a master's degree in mm-hmm. an LPC, there's still oh, quite yeah. a bit of reading. Right. <laughs> it's that's what graduate school is about. Mm-hmm. And can you speak a little bit to that, like what your 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 article load is or mm-hmm. what your article contents are? Well, or your readings. Yeah, sure. Um, the, the reading load and. In my grad school experience is very different than my reading load in undergrad experience. Um, the reading load in grad school, now there are some classes like counseling theories that you have to read the textbook and understand the theories, mm-hmm. um, which is a different kind of reading from when you take, say, helping skills. You're learning the fundamentals of the counseling session. Mm-hmm. Um, so you read something like The Art of Listening. Um, it's it's easier to read. It's more conversational. It Maybe you can um, identify with it better. Mm-hmm. Um, so it varied between the really heavy stuff or the articles and, oh, this is kind of fun to read. I like this. I can use this. Right. Um, so it went back and forth a lot. Um, but I think also individuals who tend to move on to grad school or to get their PhD or something tend to be the type of student who feels the pressure to make an A right. and to you know read every single little word and all of this. And sometimes I found in grad school you cannot get it done. It's just physically impossible to get it all done and you learn to adapt to that and figure out 
how you can get by and still survive. All right, so sometimes helping with other students and you guys kind of split the load, perhaps? That or um, a trick I <laughs> a trick I was told actually by the professor was sometimes reading the first sentence of the paragraph and the last sentence of the paragraph to get the gist of the paragraph Okay. instead of reading the whole entire paragraph. Right, versus just not reading something Versus entirely. not reading at all because you just can't handle it. Right. Yeah. That, that can work sometimes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so... After you're, you're going to graduate here in, the, in May, mm-hmm. um, will you have finished out the number of hours required to get your licensure, or will you still have you'll still have two more years mm-hmm. there for? Yeah, I will still um, have to gain hours after. But during that time, you can start practicing. Oh yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what are your plans then for after? Is it to start practicing? Um, well, you know, I definitely want to gain my hours so I can get licensure as soon as possible. I don't really want to put a gap in that time. Um, so right now I'm at a private practice. If the opportunity arises for me to stay there, I could. Um, I've always wondered what it would be like to be, um, to work somewhere like Laurelwood, mm-hmm. um, because it's a different kind of environment, different expectations, different clientele. Um, so, but I definitely do plan on going straight in and getting my, my hours, right. which so, will be very similar to what I'm doing now. So... In our program, though, you're kind of, you're groomed to be a more well-rounded counselor. Mm-hmm. But within that, are, is there some, I guess, wiggle room or some room for specialization? In which, like, because your specialization, specialization area that you'd like to go into would be considered... Mm. You know, I don't f- know. It's changed just over the past, like, few months sometimes. Okay. So it's it's definitely changed. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Well, no, I was just so it's it's changed from what to what. Okay, so when I first started, based off of my experience in undergrad, I was like, oh, I want addiction. That's what I want to. That's what I want to know the ins and outs of. Um, I got into the program and I got involved in research here again with um, with war veterans, um, and I was like, oh, I want I want to do veterans. That's what I want to know about. That's what you know my population. That's right. what I want or children. And so I varied between those three. Um, and then I came to the conclusion that while I'm in school, it's probably a better idea to get a well-rounded experience so that I'm not kind of pigeonholed when I when I go to seek a job later. Right, because if you happen to be in an area where there might not be a lot of veterans seeking therapy or sure. children, then you might be a little bit mm-hmm. out of your element. Mm-hmm. So you're saying it's probably a pretty good idea to get that well-roundedness. So mm-hmm. right now you're still... You're still thinking in that, in that manner, not necessarily yeah. down one specific road. That is where I'm at, yep. Don't put all your eggs into one basket, mm-hmm. perhaps. Um, so I guess well, I want to wrap up here with a couple of questions. Like, What do you think would be the best advice you could give to somebody looking to get into a counseling program as a master's student? To get into a counseling program. Or to get into a graduate you know, right. program to get their LPC or their LCSW. The best advice I could give. Mm-hmm. I think the best thing I did for myself and that I still try to do for myself is to put myself in situations to get experience. Um, and it can be nerve-wracking, but just do it. Because um, it is something that you can't just get everywhere, and right. it's valuable, and it helps you learn. Um, so definitely try to get your experience and have that Um going into looking for programs and research as well. I think that's another component that maybe doesn't always go along with the counseling master's programs. Research doesn't always. always. Um, But I think it's still very important um, 
with education continuing, the education learning, the new stuff that's out there. And did you reach out to other professors for research? Do they tap you as a student or both? Mm -hmm. It's just kind of like a mutual thing. Mm -hmm. All right. So what's the thing that you would, you wish you hadn't done or something that you may have done early on in graduate school that you'd kind of caution against something that you've learned? Mm -hmm. Something that I've learned that I would caution against. Um, I think if I could go back and change up some stuff to keep a clear boundary between school and like your the rest of your life. Mm. Um, I, I noticed in my program anyway that it's really easy to pull in, you know, you're around these people all the time. You learn very intimate details about these people. They become your friends. Your you know, cohort. Yeah, your cohort. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Your cohort. Um, you become you become friends. You learn all these things about each other. But don't let the boundary get blurred um, because I think that there's a healthy, unhealthy aspect there. Okay. I'm trying to uh, – can you clarify a little bit more? Okay. Um, like other students, you're saying. Yeah, like okay. the students in your cohort, I'm your peers. Sure. Yeah, I'm trying to think of how to say it better. I mean, you're around each other. You learn intimate details about each other. You study together. I mean, if you don't watch out, you're going to spend every second of your life with this person trying to get through grad school. Okay. But what I, I guess what I'm trying to say is widen your circle uh -huh. or, you know, keep in contact with those people in your life that were there before grad school and don't necessarily just isolate to these people that you're around all the time keep that healthy boundary between this is school and this is my cohort and I need to study with them but I also I don't know whatever need to spend time with family or this thing that I love like skateboarding or music whatever you like to do keep keep a healthy balance there right don't just get completely sucked into it that's yeah. that's you're actually the first person that said that I've seen so many other people shift entirely the opposite way okay but I mean I see the merits to, to what you're saying definitely mm -hmm. make sure that you're still staying true to what you were yeah. doing beforehand mm -hmm. well um, that's pretty much it for for my questions about graduate school um, unless there's anything else that you want to add I don't think so righty I just want to thank you very mm -hmm. much Emily for joining us today until next time. <laughs>